Praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Before we get into the word, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, most awesome and wonderful Lord God, we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord God, and we thank you for this opportunity to be able to hear your words today. I pray and ask, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits to be able to receive these words today, and that they would get sink, sunk in deep within our spirits to be guarded from the enemy when he tries to steal them away, Lord. We praise you, we love you, and we thank you for this time, Lord God, and we ask that you take this message where you will for your glory and your honor and your praise, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries again. And if you don't have your Bible, take a moment and grab your Bible and because I want you to be able to follow along with the things that, um, that we're going to be looking at today. So pause it, grab your Bible, come on back, and we're going to start this message by looking at Psalms chapter 37. Psalms chapter 37, and we're going to start in verse number one, Psalms 37, verse one. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of those who prosper because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. The verses I want to focus on are verses three through five. When God calls us to do something. It's relatively easy for us to say yes. Okay? It's relatively easy just to say, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. But it's much, much harder to follow that path. It's much harder for us to actually act and do what we told God we were going to do, to do what he tells us that he needs us to do. That's where things get much more difficult. That's where things become much more challenging is when you actually have to do that what you said you were going to do. Okay. Verse three, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. See, when we say yes to God, okay, he doesn't always act instantly. So what do I mean by that? Well, if I say, if, if God tells me that, that he's going to bless me with X, Y, and Z, and, and, and this is how he was going, this is how he was going to bless me, and this is what it was going to take to do that, that doesn't mean that when I wake up in the morning, that somehow that blessing is going to automatically be there. There's things that I have to do. There's, there's patience that has to happen. There's a development in my, in my spiritual, in my spirit that, that needs to, that needs to take place. I need to be shaped and I need to be molded. Okay. Anytime God calls us to do something, he has to prepare us for that journey. He has to prepare us to be, to be able to take that thing that he's given us, that blessing that he's going to give us to, to be able to, to go into whatever that promised land might be. But while we're waiting to get into that promised land, Right. And this is not a message about uh, about uh, holding patterns. So I'm going to touch on it just a little bit. Um, but while we're waiting to enter into that promised land or waiting for that thing to take place, we have to still trust in God and dwell wherever it is that he has us waiting. OK, to dwell there, 
to feed on his faithfulness, to do good, as, as verse number three says. Verse four, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So as we're waiting for God to, to, to move us, understand that he will give us what our, the desires of our heart, the things that we're asking for. You may be in a job right now where you were promised so much, where someone may have said to you, you know, if you just commit to do X, Y, and Z, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is where it's going to lead you. And maybe it seems like that was a broken, a broken promise. Okay. And maybe it's not, maybe what you thought was going to happen isn't actually happening. But how do you respond to that? How do you live your life every day when you're going to going to that job? How are you treating the people that are around you? How are you treating that individual that made that promise? Are you doing good at that time? Are you delighting yourself in the Lord or are you just sitting there saying, eh, I'll do I, I, I'm not I'll just do what I can. I'll do what I feel like doing, because ultimately this is this is just a stopgap. You know, th- this is just a holding pattern for me. I'm going to get to somewhere bigger and, and do some bigger and better things. So while I'm here, I'm not going to give it 100 percent. Well, if that is the case, how are you delighting in the Lord? If you're not treating that individual that made those broken promises to you with with with, with love and the way God would want you to treat them, how could you be delighting yourself in the Lord? OK, because guess what? Life is full of broken promises, right? How many times have somebody had, and I know for me, I can think so many times where someone said that they were going to do something for me and they didn't do it. That's just the way, that's just the way life, life goes. But I put my trust in God. I don't put my trust in man. I try to follow God's path, whatever path God laid out for me. That's the path that I, that I want to go down towards. I don't want to follow someone else's path. Okay. You know, my parents used to say to us as, as, as we were kids, you know, if, 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 if your friend so-and-so jumped off the Empire State Building, are you going to follow them and do the same? It's like, oh, no, yeah, that, that, that's a good point, you know. You, know, you don't want to follow somebody else's path. We have to be making sure that we're following God's path and why we're waiting for him to bring us through to make sure that we're delighting ourselves and understanding that he will give us what, what we ask for. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. There we see in verse five, we see that word trust again. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Meaning that the path that he directed for you, while you may not see the end or you're not sure, Lord, you told me that I'm going to have this and this and this, but I'm not seeing how that's going to happen. How, how is it? How is it that the, the, the position that I'm in right now, the situation that I'm in right now, how is that going to get me from here to there? I'm not I'm not seeing what that connection is. I don't see the path that leads me right there to where you have where you have me going. But what you have to do is trust in him and know he's going to bring it to pass. Commit to his path and everything that he said he was going to do is going to happen. We know what happened with with, with Abraham and, and Sarah. Right. We know that, that 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 Sarah was told that she was going to be able to have a baby, that she was going to have a baby. Abraham was told the same thing. And instead of listening to God and, and, and trusting in him and having faith that while that may have seemed impossible, instead of doing that, what they decided to do. OK, what they decided to do was to take matters into their own hands. And you know how the story goes. Abraham had a uh, had a baby with their, their servant, Hagar. Okay, and then later on, um, um, Sarah and and Abraham then finally had a baby who who was Isaac. Okay, so we know how how that turns out. But when God calls us down a path, we have to make sure we stick we stick to it. So whose path are you following in your life? Whose path are you following in your life? 
we're going to take a look at a, a familiar account, something that we all probably remember back when we were kid, and that was that was Jonah. Okay, Jonah and the and, and the big fish is what uh, is, is the story as I remember it when, when I was a kid. So let's turn to the book of Jonah. Okay, Jonah chapter one. And it's going to be Jonah chapter one, verse one. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose, arose to flee to Tarshish, Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Underline that from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into uh, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish underline from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and had lain, had lain down and was fast asleep. So let's take a look at what's, what's happening here. God gave Jonah some very specific instructions. Okay. Remember, whose path are you following? God gave Jonah very specific instructions on what he wanted him to do. God told Jonah that he needs to go over to Nineveh because their wickedness is great in God's eyes. And now he's telling Jonah to go tell them that God, God sees what you're doing and God is, is not happy with what you're doing. And what did Jonah decide to do? Instead of him listening to that, he walked, he ran away from God. And not only did he run away from God, but he actually paid to get on a ship to get away from God. Now, we all know that God is everywhere. We know that God is all known and God is God is all over the place. So we can't run away from a uh, a God's presence that way. OK, a bus fare is not going to get you away from God. OK, taxi fare and airfare. You, you can't physically move yourself away from the presence from the presence of God because God is everywhere. So he actually paid thinking that he was going to be able to get away from the presence of the Lord. Now, how might that play out in, in, in our lives today? Well, again, we know that God is everywhere and there's nothing that we can do to get away from, from his presence. Okay. But maybe, maybe as we were looking back in, in previous scriptures there, remember in, in, in Psalm 37 about dwelling in the land and feeding on God's faithfulness. Well, maybe instead of you staying where you are, because God has instructed you to just wait, to be patient, to trust him. Maybe you decided that I'm going to go on this path because this path is a shortcut. Maybe God is trying to tell you to slow down a little bit, to settle down, to plant your feet firmly. Because I need you to stay in the situation that you're in right now. There are some things that are that are coming that I, I need to show you. And if you don't go through what's getting ready to happen, if you don't watch the things that I'm going to show you, that thing over there that you think is, is going to be the shortcut to, that's going to get you to this end state that you want to be in to, to whatever that goal is, that's not going to do it. You're not going to be prepared for that if you don't stay where you are. Okay. Following God's path, saints of God, it's, it's not, there's no, there's no shortcuts to it. 
There's no just going from A to Z just like that at the, at, at the drop of a dime or at the snap of a finger or at the blink of an eye. It takes molding. It takes preparation. It takes uh, a struggle. It takes trials and tribulations. It takes being able to build yourself up to a for for God really to build you up to a spiritual level, so that when He says yes, go enter into that promised land, that you actually have the spiritual muscles, if you will, the spiritual strength to be able to 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 withstand whatever that new challenge is going to be. Because with every single blessing that God gives us. Don't think for one de- for one second that the enemy isn't going to come in and, and try to steal that blessing from you. Don't think for one moment that the enemy isn't going to try to take that blessing and try to show you that, no, this isn't a blessing. This is an actual curse. Why would God actually give you something and then you and then you're having some challenges with it? OK, that's what the that's what the devil likes to do. So so if you if you're thinking about taking a shortcut, there is no shortcut. Okay, there is no shortcut. Maybe God is telling you to stop wandering around and traveling to all of these different conferences and and, and bouncing around from church to church. And God is trying to tell you to establish yourself in one place. Maybe he's trying to tell you that there's something in this place that I need you to see. There's somebody that I need you to talk to. Either you need to bring a word to them or maybe they have something that I need them to share with you. Maybe they need to bring a word to you. Or maybe you need to stay there to be able to learn what what, what a, a ministry is all about. Maybe you need to, 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 to learn the different types of people that come into these ministries uh, and everything like that because there's something that God is trying to teach you. Don't be so quick to go jump from place to place. Now, I know that there's so many Holy Spirit filled, gifted speakers that are out there and they hold these, you know, these different conferences and everything. And I'm not saying that you that that you shouldn't go to those. But what I'm saying is that you really, really should pray before you go about doing that. Okay, most of those conferences, at least I've never seen any of those conferences uh, uh, um, be free of charge. So, you know, there's a financial aspect to it as well. So you, if you, if you're so quick to go jump to listen to that person speak because you think that somehow when, when I get there that I'm just going to get this, this new spiritual growth that's going to take me to a whole nother level and you're not consulting God about going there, what will end up happening is you'll spend your hard earned money on whatever means of travel it is to get there, the price of the conference and lodging and all any, and anything, any, and any other expense that goes along with that just to come back and say, eh. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, did, did that did that did that experience really bring me any closer to God, or, or am I still in the same old place? Okay, whose path are you following? Um, verse, uh, let's see, verse four. All right, so jo- uh, Jonah fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. At least what he thought he was he he was getting away from God. But verse four, look at this. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was on the ship was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down and was fast asleep. So look at what Jonah even did there. So he thought he can pay his way to get away from God. And then when things started to get crazy, when the trials and tribulations started to come, what did he do? He didn't even bother to go back to God. He went and he actually went to sleep. Everyone else on the ship was praying to whoever their God was. 
Okay, it says God with a little G, they prayed to their God. And Jonah decided he was going to go to sleep. Verse 6, so the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. So if you notice here, okay, Jonah decided to get away from the path that God had, had instructed him to do. God gave him specific instructions. And he thought he can pay his way out of it. All right. Now, by him doing that, what did he do? He just brought some trouble onto other people that were around him. You see, we oftentimes forget that we're not alone in this life. And if I'm not alone in this life, then that means every decision that I make has the potential to impact others in my life. When I choose not to follow God's path, that's not just an action on my part. I'm not the only one that's impacted by that. But my loved ones could be very well be impacted. People in my household, people outside of my household, all of them could be, be, be impacted by that. People on the job could be impacted by the fact that I chose to ignore God's path and I decided to do my own thing. We don't ever want to forget that. Because now here we see when Jonah left, he brought all this trouble onto other people. And the other thing, too, is don't think for one minute. That the devil will not use whoever and whatever situation he can to try to destroy the thing that God is trying to do in your life. Look at Job. Job was a man of God. And what did the, what did the devil tell God? The devil told him and said, the only reason Job is actually following you is because you've got this hedge of protection around it. That's the only reason he's following you. And what did God tell him? God said, OK, I'll remove that hedge of protection. You can have Adam. Basically, you can have Adam. Attack him any way you can, but you cannot take his life. So, so know something. There's no, there's no honor that the devil has in what he does. There's no gentleman's code. There's no code of conduct. There's no rules of engagement when it comes down to, to this war that we find out ourselves in when the devil's attacking us because he's angry at God. So we go down the wrong path. If we choose a different path other than what God has set out, set out for us, just know that the devil is also watching. And when we get off that path, we come out of God's protection and we can also make other people vulnerable and in their situations vulnerable as well. Now, God will protect all his people at all times. He always does. But it doesn't mean that you can't bring undue hardship on someone because of a decision that you made, because you decided not to listen to God, because you decided to try to flee his presence. Verse six. So the captain, verse six again. So the captain said to him, came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. So in other words, hey, we're up here praying to our gods. Why don't you pray to yours so we can see if maybe he'll deliver us? Don't go to sleep. Wake up and pray to him. Verse seven. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country and of what people are you? So he said to them, I am, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made, who, uh, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord. Because he, uh, because he had told them. Okay. So a few things there. All right. 
uh, verse seven, it talks about them casting lots. If you don't know what casting lots is, it, it um, it, it was their way, uh, during biblical times to, uh, basically get a, a decision on something that wasn't biased. In modern, in modern times, we, we it would be a, the equivalent to flipping a coin to see who, who gets the ball first in the football game. If you watch football, you see that. Or, or if you're flipping a coin to, or, or playing rock, paper, scissors to figure out who's going to go first in, in a game or, or something like that. That, that, that's the, the, the equivalent to that where, when you flip that coin, it's based off of pure probability. Um, you know, if I flip it, there's a 50-50 chance that it's either going to land on heads or heads or tails. Um, and so their version of casting lots, well, in this case here, what they were doing is trying to figure out, okay, let, let, let's, let's try to figure out in an unbiased way, who are we going to question on this ship as for the reason why we're having these issues that the, these issues happening to us. And so that's why it ended up falling on Jonah. So they started asking him. You know, why, why did this happen? And so Jonah told him who, who he was and that he followed um, uh, and he fears the Lord God in verse eight, uh, verse nine, excuse me. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Verse 10. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Now, if we flee if we flee from the presence of God, if we try to get away from God's presence and try to get away from God's path, understand that people know we're Christians. Okay. You don't have to tell anyone that you're a child of God. It's your actions. It's the way you carry yourself, the way you speak to people, the way you treat people. Those are the things that people see. And they say, you know, they, they may not be able to put their finger on it and say, yep, yeah, you're a Christian, but they'll say there's something different about you. So if you choose not to follow God's path, if I make the decision that I'm going to do my own thing and I'm not going to listen to anything that God tells me, the people that know me at some point will start to see some sort of change happen. They'll start to see like, hmm, see, you know, he was different, but something about him is different. Again, they may not be able to put their fingers on it, but other children of God will be able to put their fingers on it. OK, so it's important that we do that because it, and if you think back in your life, any time that, that and it's happened to all of us where you were in a situation you just said, Lord, what is going on here? Like, like, why is everything negative seem to be happening to me? And you have one of those, those come to Jesus moments, if you will. Um, and, and God will review to you. He'll, he'll see when he reviews it to you, he'll see, he'll say here, you didn't do this. And then here it led to this and then this and this and this. And you start to see this buildup that led you to where you are right now. It's not something that happens overnight. It's a steady turning your back on God. It's a steady, you know, the path is this way, but it's a steady, I'll take two steps on this path and then I'll go three steps on my own path and then I'll kind of come back and then I'll keep kind of doing this and I'll keep deviating back until the point where, where you just realize, oh, something is not right here. Okay. And then God will, will show you that it was a gradual turning away that that happened. Okay, it was a gradual turning, turning away, and other people can pick up on that. You may know some, some you may know someone that's a child of God, and and um, they've made a decision to to do something that seems to be outside the will of God. Okay, that seems to be out of 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 what you know about how God is and what the Bible says, and their lives could just be in all sorts of of of. of not necessarily ruined, but things could just seem to be going so wrong in their, in their lives. And you can pick up on it and that individual may not be able to. That's another reason why it's critical that we follow the path that God has put out for us because we may not even notice 
that we're that that we're off the path. We may not notice that we're, we're having the trials and tribulations, not because Jesus said we would, but because we're having some we're having some extra trials and tribulations because we're not on we're not on the right path. OK, the same way that Jonah decided that he was going to go to sleep instead of pray to God because he, he had turned his back on God. OK, we could turn our back on him to the point where we don't even realize the, 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 the negative things that are happening in our lives. And I feel for so many saints of God that have done that, you know, and, 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 and we all know, know, know some children of God that have done that. And, and I miss them and I miss, you know, you know, talking with them, you know, the ones that, that, that I don't see anymore, the ones that, that we just that we just lost touch over the over the years for whatever reason. Um, and, 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 and all I know is that is that God is still talking to them and I still pray for them. Okay, and if you're one of those people, just know that God is still waiting for you. God hasn't left you. God hasn't turned his back on you. The Bible says that 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 he is faithful and just to forgive. And so if we just reach out to God, if you just reach out to him when when you when you've walked away from him, when you've abandoned him, he he'll forgive you and he'll accept you back. Verse. uh, Let's see. Verse 11. Then they said to him. What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more uh, temptuous. Then he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Now, now listen to this. Okay. When you, anytime somebody says to you, What's the best way to get out of this trouble in this situation? If you win this situation, okay, think about that response that Jonah just said. Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Okay, pick me up and throw me into the sea, and then you will be saved. Okay, think about how ridiculous of a response that is. And, 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 I, and we kind of laugh and joke about it and chuckle about it, but the fact of the matter is, is that if we're not on God's path, the things that we do and say will make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Okay. We'll make decisions on things and we look back on that. And I, and I can think of times in my life when I've made some decisions on things when, 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 when I decided to ignore God's, God's direction for my life and I've made decisions on things and I look back and I think to myself, what in the world was I thinking? Oh my gosh. And then I have to remember that I wasn't on God's path. Okay. I wasn't on God's path. That's why I made those decisions. And it happens to all of us. Okay. No, no, there is no Christian out there that's so holier than thou that they don't get into those situations every so often. All right. But if we're staying on God's path, we wouldn't be saying things like this. But again, Jonah chose his own path. And so his resolution to the problem was to tell them to pick him up and throw the Roman to sea. Verse 13. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. For the sea continued to grow more temp, uh, temp, temptuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with the innocent, uh, do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as, as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord, uh, Lord exceedingly. And offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. So you see there what they did is, is they actually ended up throwing him into the sea. Um, and like Jonah said what happened, if you threw him into the sea, then 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 the the, the sea would, would stop, would, would cease its raging. Um, and, it, and it did. OK, 
and it ended up doing it, all right? And the man actually prayed to, to God and, and, and actually offered up a sacrifice uh, to him. Um, I won't go into the later scriptures there in, in, in verse 2, but we, what we know is that um, that, that God called a, a, a big fish. It says a great fish. Uh, it doesn't say a whale. And, and so, um, over time, that's, that was kind of considered to be, was that, that, um, uh, that Jonah was swallowed up, swallowed up by a, a whale. But the Bible just simply says, uh, that it was a, it was a great fish. And Jonah was in, in this fish's belly, um, as he was pr- praying and crying out to God and, and basically repenting to God. And once he repented, then God, um, God had the, the, the fish, um, spit him out onto, onto dry land. The, the, the main point that I wanted to get to though, through this is that when we, when we decide to follow our own path, okay, not the path that God directed for us, but when we decide to follow our own path, we usually do that because that path is much more comfortable for us. Okay. We're, we're afraid of, of the unknown. We're afraid where the path might lead because we know that God can see the end, but we can't see the end. Okay. And so we rather do something that's much more comfortable than it is, uh, more, more challenging. And, and that's just human nature, right? Um, why, why do something that's any more difficult if I can do something that, that, that's easy? Well, it's in order to get where God wants you to be, understand that He is going to upset your routine. He's going to take that thing that you're used to doing and He's going to do away with that. And he's going to, 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 to push you to do something different because it's, it's like that definition of insanity. Do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result, right? So if I keep beating my head against the wall and I keep getting a headache, I can't continue to beat my head against the wall and then think that my headache is gonna, is gonna go away. Now, the headache might go away, you know, after you beat your head against the wall to the point where you pass out, you know, and while you passed out, you, 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 you certainly won't be feeling a headache. But when you wake up, you better believe it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty bad. All right. But, but that, but that's how it is. It, we, if we, we want to grow in God, we want to become more in God, we want to be closer to God, we cannot continue to do all the things that we have always done. God is going to change that and we need to be willing to allow him to change that and respond accordingly to that. Fleeing the, from the Lord, like I said earlier, it doesn't just bring trouble on you, but it can bring trouble on those around you. Okay, especially for married married couples out there and, and, and if you got kids, Understand that the decisions that you make are going to impact your spouse. They're going to impact your kids. Okay. They can impact your grandparents. Even, you know, if you're in close contact with them, siblings, all right, nieces and nephews. Okay. All of that can impact those people that are around you, people on the job. Okay. If you, if you decide not to follow God's, God's path, you decide to ignore him. That could very well play out on in, in how you treat people at work what decisions you make at work and how you go about making those decisions at work and, and that light that, that that's in you. Okay. That Christ light that, that everyone can see and sense, but don't quite know what it is or that, that can, I don't want to say it can become dim, but people can start to kind of say, ah, well, I thought there was something different about this person, but maybe there isn't anything different. Maybe they're just like everyone else. Okay. Maybe they're just like everyone else. All right. That's what happens if we don't follow follow God's path. It impacts more than, than than just us, okay? And it could cause you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. And the reason being is because 
when I'm on God's path, God becomes my navigator. Holy Spirit becomes my navigator. Okay. He, he, he directs me and tells me when to turn, when to go, when to stop, when to wait, uh, what turn to make, how fast to go, how slow to go, go up, down, left, right. He, 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 he does that for me when I'm on God's path. But if I choose to go down my own path, all right, I can very well make a decision that God doesn't want me to make. You know, I remember, um, Oh, a few years ago, uh, I was doing some work on my car and those that know me know that I, you know, I, I, I enjoy customizing cars and <laughs> have been doing it ever since I was, uh, my, my very first car that I, that I owned. And I remember I was doing some, sus- some suspension work on this car and it's not my first suspension job. I've done suspension work on just about every car before that. And I remember I had this thing in my garage and I was, you know, got, got the suspension changed out and I was trying to put it back together. Okay. And I just couldn't figure out why when physics told tells me to take this jack and put it up underneath this, this this lower control arm here and jack it up to this point so that the holes will line up so that I can I can put the the, the, the bolt right through physics tells me to do that. Why is it every single time that I did that, it, that it didn't work? It just wouldn't work. I mean, it was to the point where I was thinking, oh, man, I'm going to have to call a tow truck to get the thing out the garage. And then I was wondering, well, how are they going to tow it? Because the car is backed into the garage and it's the rear suspension that I can't get together. So how are they going to tow it out without damaging it? And then finally, I just prayed about it and gave it to God. And then the next day I heard, put the jack over here and lift here. Okay, so. It, it was sagging down like this and there was two holes here and a bolt had to go through. And so I was, and, and, and so I was jacking it here to get it up. So the holes would line up. And what I distinctly heard was move the jack over here and push up here. And I said, like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, because if I push here, it's going to sag even further. I need this to go up. So I did that. And sure enough, the whole lined up, I was able to put the bolt through and got it all squared away. Now, what does that have to do with, with, with making decisions that, that, that don't make sense? Well, first and foremost, I never prayed about whether or not I should even have done suspension work on that car. So that was a decision there that I made because that was the path that I wanted to go down. I didn't consult God about that. And it gave me a headache. I was working on that thing for five or six hours trying to figure out how can I get this car back together. Meanwhile, other suspension jobs that I had done, 30 minutes, an hour tops. I can do depending on the the, the nature of the work. Something like this, which should have taken an hour and a half tops, took me six hours that day and a couple of hours the following day. And it all started because I didn't follow God's path for that particular vehicle. I should have prayed about it and asked him, is this something that I should have done? But I chose, but I chose not to. So then if we are following God's path, or we believe we're following God's path because we don't always run from God's path. Sometimes we just say, yep, Lord, I'm going to do this. And we start out on the right path. And then we just start kind of going off because we, we, we don't consult God. How do I ensure that I stay on God's path? So maybe I didn't do like Jonah and just run from God's path, run from his presence or think I was running from his presence. Maybe I did say, yes, I'm going to do this, but I just need to make sure that I am on God's path. So how do I know that I'm on God's path? Well, you got to know what God's voice sounds like. So let's turn to first Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19. And we're going to go to verse number nine. First Kings 19 verse nine. We have to know God's voice, what his voice sounds like to know whether or not we're still on God's path. 
verse 9. And he went into the cave. So this is, this is Elijah um, after he received a, a death threat from, from, uh, from Jezebel. This is Elijah. He fled to, he's, he's fleeing from God now. He's, he's, or he's fleeing because he's afraid after hearing that death threat. Um, so we're going to pick up in verse 9. And there he went, he being Elijah, went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I, I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Underline that. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. Underline. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. Underline. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, underline this, a still small voice. A still small voice. God doesn't doesn't always speak, or what I should say is God doesn't does, God doesn't speak in this loud booming voice. Okay, this this he he certainly could if he if he if he wanted to, but the reason why he doesn't is because God knows that if I have to speak in this loud booming voice to you, then. The only way you're going to listen to me is by getting that voice is by listening for that boom, because that booming voice will disrupt whatever it is that you're doing. It will it will stop you in your tracks and your attention will go to whatever that booming to whatever his booming voice would sound like. But instead, he speaks in that still small voice to ensure that we can get away from the distractions that are around us and to be able to tune into hearing what he has to say. Okay, what did Jesus say? My sheep know my voice. Okay, so if we're God's children, we we need to know God's voice and we need to be able to hear and tune into his voice, regardless of all the noise that's around us. Okay, I remember one time being at Walmart and it was was crowded and uh, my wife and I, we we split up. She was going down, went down another aisle. I was going over to the tool section, (laughs) you know, to go to go look at some tools uh, while she was doing some food shopping there. And I remember I was done and, and I thought to myself, I said, all right, let me go ahead and call her and find out where she is. But then I know that as busy as Walmart is, you can't always hear your phone when it's ringing. And so I remember I walked out of the aisle and I stopped. I literally just stopped and I stood there and I just listened. I just listened. And I distinctly heard the sound of a child laughing. And that sound was my son's voice laughing. And I remember I said, OK, they're over in that aisle over there. And I walked over to that aisle, and sure enough, my wife and kids were both in that aisle. And I remember telling my wife, I said, "Man, I can hear Eli laughing all the way, all the way down the down, down the hall that way." Okay, and we were a good distance away. But see, I know my son's voice. I know my son's laugh. So I was able to pick that out in that crowd, and I was trying to tune in to 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 hear them. Okay, because I knew that they were playing and they were in there, one of their their, their little crazy moods and everything like that. So I knew that they were going to be continuing to continuing to play. But I tuned in to hear their voices. And that's how I knew where they were. Okay, 
This is what Elijah is learning here. And this is what this scripture is, is teaching us is that we need to tune into God almost like if it's a radio frequency. Okay. Almost like if it's one of the a, a radio frequency in your car that you're not normally tuned into. Like when my wife and I, we drive to the coast is not uncommon is the, the, the further west that we get. All right. That at some point the radio station goes out and we're sitting there where where we're pushing the little button on the dial to try to find the find a station. And we're listening for a certain type of music that will tell us that this station is similar to the station that we were listening before we left. OK, we're tuning in and we're li listening distinctly for that. We have to be able to do that when it comes down to God is to is to and listen for his still small voice. Verse 13. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So you see well, Elijah there. All right. He heard that still small voice. And now what he did was he prepared himself to hear what God has to say. So another way that we have to be that, that we can know that we're on God's path is that we have to be able to prepare ourselves to hear his voice. So if I know that God speaks in this still small voice, I need to prepare my, 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 my spiritual senses, not my physical senses, my spiritual senses to be able to hear him. So by Elijah wrapping this mantle around his face, what this does is this, this will block out, you know, any, any additional wind or, or anything, any rocks that might be moving and it starts to close in and it starts to, 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 to block out all of the external senses that would distract him from hearing God's voice. And, and in a way, basically he, he's, he's starting to create this prayer closet. Okay, he's starting to say, mm, okay, okay, I'm going into a place of, of secrecy, if you will, to be able to hear God's voice. And if you don't have a prayer closet somewhere in your house, somewhere where you can just go and get away and spend some one on one time with God, just you and him, I highly suggest that you do that. Because that's when God is going to speak to you the most. That's when you're going to hear answers to, to, to your prayers. That's when God can lead you and God can guide you. And you can just have a nice one-on-one -on -one conversation and, ch and, and chat with him. Um, I'm just like you would any other friend. Okay. You know, you, you, you go out with friend, with a friend, maybe out to coffee or something like that, just to kind of catch up and, and see how things are going. And it's just the two of you and, and, and you're talking about whatever, whatever comes to mind. Well, you need to have that alone time with God. Okay. You need, you need to be able to make that space. Okay. Could be in your car. It could be in a closet somewhere. It could be in your bathroom. Uh, um, it could be in your laundry room, wherever it is, somewhere you can go. To shut out the outside world and listen to God to, to, so that he can guide you on the path to ensure that you are still on, on God's path. And that's what Elijah is starting to do here is he's starting to block out all those external forces um, that could distract him. Verse 13 again. So it was so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because uh, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone, I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. 
And you shall also anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Japhat, uh, of Abel, Maloha, Mahola, excuse me, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Verse 18, yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. So a lot of things that are that 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 are going on here. OK, we see in in verse 13, God asking Elijah again, what are you doing here, Elijah? OK, God knows very well, knows knows exactly why Elijah was there. But see, God is the ultimate teacher. And so what God is doing here is he's asking Elijah the question because he wants Elijah to, to, to answer. He wants Elijah to say, here's why I'm hiding, hiding out in this cave. OK, you see, when whenever you get off God's path and you seek his face to get back on the path. All right. The way Holy Spirit um, will, will, will convict us is that he will oftentimes he will he, he may ask a question. He may ask you, like, why did you do this? Why didn't you just go here? Why didn't you go here? And by us responding and saying, I didn't do that, Lord, because I was afraid because I was afraid that, that, that these people over here were going to plan a trap, that they were they were planning my demise. And that if I went down that path, that, that I was going to get caught up in that. OK, when you say that to God. Or even if you said it to a to a to a human being that asked you a question, there's something about hearing yourself say it that starts to resonate a little bit differently. Okay. How many times have you, have you said something? All right. And then you say, Oh, did I just say that? Oh yeah. You know, in my head, it sounded this way, but when it came out, it didn't quite sound, it sound the same. Okay. That's what, that's what ends up happening. And so the way Holy Spirit convicts us is he'll, he'll ask us, ask us a question. Okay. That's the same thing. That's that's what God is doing here with Elijah to get him to realize there's no reason for you to, for you to be worried. Now, mind you, Elijah just slain the prophets of Baal. Okay, some 450 men um, he, he had just slain in, in previous scriptures. Okay, so he just did that and then he gets this threat from Jezebel. And now all of a sudden, all of those prophets that, 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 that he killed, now all of a sudden he's afraid, afraid because somebody said that they were going to kill him next time they saw him. So he's running. So God is basically trying to get him to realize that I was with you back then. I directed you back then. Why are you here again? Do you realize why? Do you realize why you're here? Okay, that that's what's happening. Uh, God also questioned uh, Adam and Eve. Okay, remember in in in, uh, in Genesis there, uh, the Bible says that that Adam heard the heard the sound heard the voice of the Lord walking through the garden, and and God asked him and said, "Adam, where are you?" All right. Now God knew exactly where Adam was, but Adam told him, "Oh, I heard you coming," and, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm heard I heard you coming, and so I hid myself because I was naked. And then God said, "Well, who told you you were naked?" And then asked him, "Did you eat from that? Did you eat from that tree?" to the tree of knowledge of good and evil that he told them not to to eat from as a way to show Adam by you taking these actions and going against what I told you to do. That's going to lead to what's coming. OK, and then being kicked out of the garden and, and and everything and everything there. All right. And so God is asking Elijah that to try to get Elijah to see there's nothing for you, to, nothing for you to worry about. All right. Um, verse 14 there, we see that, that, that basically Elijah tells God that, you know, I've been following your path. Okay. I've been, I've been following your path. I've been following the things that you've been telling me to do. Um, but, but, but now there's people that are out here to take my life. Okay. That's why, that's why I'm here. And I love God's response to this because what God tells him is that 
Here's what you're going to do. You're going to anoint these people. This this is going to be the king. This is going to be a prophet in your place. And then he also says, if if in um, verse uh, verse seventeen, it shall be that whoever escapes the the, the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. So in essence, what God is telling him is that I've got I, these people. They're going to be in place to, to 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 finish this. And if one of them escapes, the other one is going to catch him. So in other words, my plan is going to happen. It's going to happen one way or the other. My plan, God's plan, is going to happen one way or the other. And also, on top of that, I've also left 7,000 in Israel. 7,000 people that haven't bowed their knees to Baal or, or kissed this, or, or, or kissed, or kissed him. Okay? So God is saying there that I have more people that are there. You're not alone. Understand whatever path God has you on, as daunting as it might seem, and as, as as scary as it can be, it can feel because we all feel fear at some point. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and of a sound mind. So know that no matter how afraid you might feel or how alone you might be, you're not alone. You're not alone. There's other people that God is calling to do some things and you may never come across their path. But there's other people out there that are also following God's path. And more importantly, God is with you. That's the most important thing. God is not going to ask you to go down a path and then all of a sudden abandon you and forsake you. He won't do that. He's going to be there with you. Okay. So know that God is, God is with you regardless of what this, uh, uh, of what, um, of what you're facing on, on his path. Also, if you notice there in those verses, there in verses 15 through 17, there was no mention of that original problem, original problem of Jezebel. God didn't mention anything about what was going to happen to Jezebel when he gave him his instructions and told him what to do. And the reason being is because Jezebel wasn't a problem. Jezebel was a problem that Elijah created. And see, oftentimes when we go down God's path, a lot of the problems that we have are self-imposed. The fear that we feel oftentimes is self-imposed fear because we think that we're in, in trouble. We think that we're not going to make it through. We think that we're, we, we are going to fail at it. And the reality of it is, no, we're not. And if you listen to God, well, God will tell you exactly what you need to do. And he gets your eyes off the problem because Jezebel is God is, is God is going to deal with that somehow. And it's not for Elijah to know whatever problem you have that that's on that path that you're on right now. The path that, that God laid out for you. Whatever problem that is, is or obstacle that's in that path right now, understand that you don't need to focus on that. God has got that. God will tell you what to do, and he's going to bring your focus away from that obstacle to what's on the other side of the obstacle. So make sure that you don't turn your eyes to that obstacle. I remember, um, uh, remember teaching someone how to ride a motorcycle one time. Okay. And they would, we, we had some, 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 not, I won't say an obstacle course, but we had some things set up to, to learn about maneuvers and everything like that. And I was telling the person, okay, see that barrel. No, it's there, but do not look at the barrel as you're, as you're turning the bike. And it's a slow speed turn, which, which can be challenging for a new rider. And sure enough, they hit the barrel and I asked them, I said, did you look at the barrel? And they said, yeah. And, and that's what happens. Okay. Your, 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 your hands are going to direct what I told the individual. Your hands are going to direct that bike where your eyes are looking. 
So you have to know that there's an obstacle there, but you don't want to look at it. Because if I look at it, your hands are just going to follow it and it's going to steer the bike into that. Well, the same thing with God. If we're following God's path, but we're focusing our eyes on the obstacle versus on the actual path itself, we are going to go towards that obstacle versus continuing on with that path. Know that that obstacle is there and then give it to God and then get right back onto that path. Know that there's a distraction there, but stay focused on that path. Okay, you can't totally ignore the distractions. We know that they're there, but we can't focus on those things. The same way that Peter wasn't able to walk on the water because he started looking at the storm. But when he had his eyes fixed on Jesus, he was walking on that water. When he looked at the storm, that's when he started to sink. Okay, because that's where our faith and, and it gets tested and where, where doubt starts to starts to kick in. Okay, so to know that we're on God's path, we need to know what God's voice sounds like. We need to prepare ourselves to hear his voice, to be able to hear that still small voice. So going into a prayer closet somewhere to be able to block out the outside world and spend some one on one time with God is a great way to do that. And we also need to listen, listen, listen for God's specific instructions. Don't make rash decisions. All right. Somebody giving you a hard time at work. Don't be so quick to say, I quit. I give up. I'm leaving this place. I'm turning in my two week notice. I'm submitting my resignation right now because that might not be what God wants you to do. That might be an emotional decision. Give that problem to God and understand that you're not alone. There's other saints of God out there, saints of God that, that, that are out there that can pray for you, that can pray with you, that can offer you some good godly advice. And more importantly, God is with you. Okay, God is with you. So don't forget that God is with you. And whatever, whatever it is that you that you're doing, it's never a bad thing to ask, whose path am I following? Am I on my own path or am I following the path that God laid out for me? Amen. Praise God. Let us close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for your for your awesome and wonderful words, Lord God. And I pray for every single person that's listening to this, that listen to this message, Lord, and ask that you would continue to reveal your path to all of us, Lord, that you would guide everyone out there in the direction that you would want that you would want to go. You want them to go, that you would help us to be able to listen to your voice and to recognize your voice, despite all of the, of the distractions that are around us so that we can stay on your path and follow you and only you to bring glory and honor to your most magnificent name. We praise you, Lord God, and I thank you, Lord, for all your wonderful blessings both great and small, and I ask that you would bless everyone that's listening to this message. These things I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I pray that this message was a blessing to you. And if you are getting blessed by these messages, feel free to visit us on our website at genesis-1.com. Um, on there, you can find information, more information about our ministry, or you can also find uh, a link to these podcasts directly and all these sermons directly at genesis uh, Genesis1.sermon.net. And if you click on the subscribe button up, up at the top right hand corner, you'll be able to get notifications every single time a sermon or a podcast is posted. And if these, if these messages are blessing you, please feel free to send them off to other family, friends, loved ones, somebody on the job that might be giving you a hard time, or maybe somebody in the job that 
you can see might be going going through some things and 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 one of these messages might bless them so pass it on as as holy spirit guides you and as you go throughout your day and the week until the next time you're able to join us again and as you go through life just remember that you can do all things through christ who strengthens you praise god and god bless